Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And we're going to interrupt this regularly scheduled impeachment update broadcast with a, I guess, special discussion. Well, not discussion. It's going to be more like a soliloquy, more like a rant, more like a cry about the state of anti-Semitism going on in our country right now. And uh, make no mistake, folks, this is a serious, serious problem. This is a threat to all of us in the Jewish community. And what happened this week in Jersey City and even in my area, the five towns, uh, can't even compare the two, but it's the it's the same sickness that's going on, where it's open season on the Jewish community, and we've seen it uh, in attacks in Brooklyn, uh, petty attacks like knocking religious Jews' hats off, more serious attacks over the last couple months, years about rocks being thrown. A Jewish uh, Hasidic man was attacked in the middle of the street in broad daylight in Borough Park several months ago. And there seems to be this idea that we are going to attack Jewish people, identifiable Jewish people, where they are. The attacks against Pittsburgh which was just a year ago, Shul Shabbos morning. The attack in California on the Chabad of Poway. When will it stop? And it's not as if it's going to, looks like it's going to stop. It looks like what happened in Jersey City, if you watch the video, it's, it's sickening. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's heart-wrenching. It's scary. These are scary, scary times. That two obviously deranged and crazy people can get out of a truck first after killing and murdering a police officer in cold blood, can get out of a truck, drive slowly, to one of the only identifiably Jewish locations within the city. Jersey City, a city of 270,000 people. If you're familiar with the terrain, it's not small. And drive to this location and come out with rifles, with long guns, and essentially just start, start shooting up the place. And they didn't target anybody else except for the Jews. And that's a scary, scary thought. And for hours, they were in a gun battle with law enforcement. The law enforcement response was massive. It was quick. And I think we're only at this point now that we know that we've called it a targeted attack. Because the initial reports about the attack were that 
it was an undercover operation got wrong. It was a drug bust gone wrong. Nobody could figure out why a police officer was killed, and then this happened. Although it did remind me of what happened in France several years ago when terrorists started down a rampage, a killing spree, and ended up in a kosher market. At the time, there were people who downplayed that. They said, oh, well, it was a random act of violence at the kosher market. This, in Jersey City, was no random act of violence. And we have to give credit to Mayor Steve Fulop. The mayor of Jersey City, grandson of Holocaust survivors, grew up in Highland Park, Edison community, went to Yeshiva, Rabbi Pesach Raymond, Solomon Schechter High School in New Jersey, Originally worked at Goldman Sachs, then after 9-11, decided to become a United States Marine. And then got into politics. And he said it succinctly. I know anti-Semitism when I see it. And this was an anti-Semitic attack. No question about it. You know, sometimes we have to wait for a long time about law enforcement. You know, they want to get to the facts, and we understand that. They want to get to provable facts, things that they can identify and prove. And who knew about this crazy group, fringe group, of black Hebrew Israelites, whatever they call themselves, an anti-white group, clearly anti-Jewish group, despite the fact they call themselves Israelites. The level of violence in this case is just astounding. And the idea, the idea that for for years now, we've been told as a community, we have to be vigilant, we have to be aware, we have to protect our targets, you know, what have been called essentially soft targets, although maybe they're not, maybe they're hard targets, our shuls and our schools. And a kosher grocery, a store, Think about it now that we have to go ahead now and protect the stores that you shop in. I don't even know that we could possibly, possibly, logistically accomplish that. That it's even... It's that it's even something that is within the realm of accomplishing to go ahead and protect every target that's associated or potential target that's associated with Jews. If there are anti-Semites out there and radicals and crazy people who are intent on harming Jewish people, it's... I, I don't want to say we're powerless, but it's, it's, a, it's a scary, scary thought. And what's going on right now is literally terrifying and we all have to be vigilant we all have to be aware we all have to call out things that we see and hate speech leads to violence i think that's something that we noticed and last night there were the simultaneous levias of the two jewish victims bindel ferens who owned the grocery store, the kosher grocery store in Jersey City. Moshe Deutsch, a, um, in addition 
uh, to being having been there. I'm a, a high lifeline volunteer, somebody who volunteered at Bike for Chai, and I myself am a Bike for Chai veteran. It's uh, these are people just it's just unbelievable what has happened there. And the reason I bring up what happened here in Lawrence in the Lawrence Costco here in the Five Towns last Sunday because I was in touch with the one of the victims quite extensively. Uh, Mr. Avrami Friedman, and he put himself out there, so I don't mind mentioning his name, very eloquent Facebook posts, and then went on TV and went before the cameras to talk about how you need to call out anti-Semitism. And that's true. You had some crazy 20-year-old guy in Costco threatening Jews with violence or threatening that other people would use violence against Jews. It doesn't matter. You're threatening people because they're Jews, say the Nazis are going to kill them. That's scary. And he had the presence of mind and the fortitude. And the and a lot of people wouldn't do this because they don't want to stand in a confrontation to video this guy, to take his, to get his face, to get his identity. And he had no problem repeating his hatred towards Jewish people. And then... Uh, Mr. Friedman, Rabbi Friedman, going ahead and uh, and posted on Facebook about his ordeal, put it up there. It went out. It went out there, and the Nassau County Police detectives worked on the case. They found him. They arrested him. They charged him, and that's unfortunately what has to happen when people attack us. When people wish that the Jewish community should be harmed need to speak out against it. We cannot let it go. Anti-Semitism is a cancer. It's a cancer on our society. And we know what can happen if it's left on track, if it's left to just simmer. You have to fight back against it. And it's difficult, and it's difficult for us as a community, you know, in a lot of places... We live particularly identifiable Jews. Those that wear it on the outside live in enclaves. We live in places that, that are pretty homogeneous. But there are a lot of places that, I mean, as I said, they're, especially in New York, which is so has such a large percentage, and New Jersey, of Jews, Jewish communities, and Jewish installations throughout both states, the vulnerability is massive. And the response of the government was swift, but it needs to be more. And uh, I credit uh, government officials who are out there speaking out on it. It's ironic that this week, after swastikas and other anti-Semitic messages were, were found at the Nassau County Holocaust Center, Politicians came together earlier in the week to decry that, and most many politicians throughout Long Island did that. Ironically, that was on the same day that the uh, that the guy from the Costco was being charged, and then at the same time, what was going on in Jersey City? It's just uh, it's quite incredible what's going on, folks. These are scary times, and we need we need to be vigilant. We need to respond. We need to be aware. We need to speak out.
And of course, there will now be this race to figure out whether this was a right attack from the right, an attack from the left, whether these were Democrats, Republicans. Let's just be clear. Let's just get it all out there. There's no monopoly on anti-Semitism. There's no monopoly on, on hatred, unfortunately, irrational hatred of the Jewish people or even hatred of Israel. It exists on both the right and the left in a sickness that has gone on for hundreds of years. Let's just be clear about it. It's not okay on either side. And when some politicians, and I, I don't want to name names right now, but we've, we've had them here in New York have attempted to say, well, this is a problem of the right exclusively, or this is a problem of the left exclusively. And we've had politicians out there say that. I, just stop. Stop. Call it out for what it is. Hatred of the Jewish people, the BDS movement that calls for the elimination of the state of Israel. Let's just be clear about it. Let's just be clear about what we're talking about. If you support the BDS movement, whose goal is to eliminate the state of Israel, that the Jews should not have a state of their own, that is inherently anti-Semitic. I don't even know why it's still a question. And yesterday, the president signed an executive order, which unfortunately this bill could not pass Congress, which is even though it originated with Harry Reid, a Democrat who at the time was majority leader of the United States Senate, that would classify Jews as a nationality to have protections in the uh, education law, in higher education, so that they could be protected against anti-Semitism on campus. And let's not, let's be clear about what we're talking about. Let's be clear about the idea that the boycott of Israel, and even from Jewish groups like JVP, Jewish for Peace, or if, this, if not now group, that when they tell Israelis that they can't speak or appear at events on campus, when they tell a student government leader in Canada, McGill University, that she, because she is Jewish, cannot travel to Israel or risk being expelled from student government while the non-Jewish students can because of the, I guess, the dual loyalty. It, when they tell the Consul General of Israel that they cannot appear and speak on campus without being disrupted, you know, walking out, okay, that's a form of protest, but shutting down the speech, screaming, yelling, disrupting, For all intents and purposes, boycotting people specifically because they're Jewish or because they are pro-Israel or both creates a climate of fear and discrimination. And this idea, of course, we've seen of intersectionality, that of course you can't be a part of the left if you're Jewish or you're unless you disavow Israel entirely. You disavow the Jewish homeland. Yet another form of anti-Semitic behavior. And President Trump rightly signed this executive order yesterday that will allow the education department to protect students on campus who are harassed, 
who are boycotted, who are ostracized, who are given less rights than others, specifically because they are Jewish. When Students for Justice in Palestine goes around to doors on NYU's campus with mezuzahs and targets them, specifically with anti-Israel hate literature, that's anti-Semitism. And then, for, for some reason, they get an award as a great student group on campus. When student leaders are challenged, they're openly challenged in certain campuses, if they are Jewish, that they can't properly represent the views of other students just strictly because they're Jewish, that's anti-Semitism. And we need to be aware of it. We need to know what's going on. At the same time, on the right, there is a growing chorus of anti-Semitic vitriol and some of it is coming even from our own quarters yes on the impeachment the leading characters several of them Jerry Nadler Adam Schiff they're Jews shouldn't matter this is politics they're entitled to their political views it's not because they're Jewish this is not a Jew coup this is not Jews leading the way to overthrow the presidency. It's, I believe, a non-factor. Why should it be a factor that there are politicians out there who are Jewish who happen to be supporting impeachment? I, as I've said before, do not support impeachment. I don't think it makes sense. At this point, I don't think it's... I think the Democrats have had a weak case. I have had think they've had a weak presentation. I don't think they've done this well politically. I think they should, as Professor Turley said, they should wait till the witnesses are in. Yes, you have a political timetable. That just shows how... And yes, it's a political process. Everything is involved with politics, etc. But... To identify and to talk about the Jewishness of Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler as if it is a somehow an important factor in the impeachment. And then, of course, that will extend to Chuck Schumer once you get to the Senate. I don't know why people don't realize that is coded anti-Semitic language. It's just not relevant. We don't have a Jewish policy of... Jewish members of Congress getting together to overthrow the government. It's just wrong to say that. It's wrong to think that. And it's especially wrong for people from our own community to be even joking about it. I mean, we see how these things end up. All I could say is we have to come together as a community. We have to be vigilant. We have to be aware of what's going on. We have to call out anti-Semitism when we see it. We have to call out these double standards that are only applied to the Jewish people. And I have to give credit to the administration, to President Trump for signing this executive order. Uh, I think some of the language that was used 
at the Israel-American Council over the weekend. It's President Trump's style. I don't want to explain it away that some of the tropes that were incorporated into his speech might make people a little bit squeamish, but we've heard it before, and we've heard it again from him, and I'm not going to excuse it. It just is the way that he talks and the way that... And when he says that Jews should vote their self-interest as far as taxes and others and successful people should be interested in the success and the economic success of the country, that's not... He's just quoting something that's been said for decades, for many decades, by others, not just by President Trump. Uh, but we have to be aware of the clim- climate in which we live. And it's a crazy climate. Um, let's just talk about for a second the juxtaposition of impeachment and going ahead with articles of impeachment on the same day that it looks like finally Congress and the president in Washington is getting something done by passing the USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, which is the new NAFTA. Um, yeah, okay, that looks like it's going to get done. Something will get done. Looks like the government will be funded. And so all this is going on at the same time as impeachment is going on. And uh, look, it's just a sad state of affairs, sad state of affairs as to what's going on, how political our government is, how just relentless the uh, the vitriol has become. And you watch these hearings and it's just that, as you can see, each party is on different planets here. Um, last night, Louis Gohmert, Republican from Texas, mentioned what many people believe the whistleblower's name is. It's just another indication of kind of breaking all the boundaries on that. Yes, I understand he's angry. And, you know, if I'm in his position, I'm angry too about what's going on. But pushing that envelope to a dangerous place just seems to be, well, just seems to be a little bit too far. But what can you do? And should mention, of course, the IG's report that came out. Uh, that was intensely critical of the Justice Department and the FBI for essentially modifying, faking elements of the of their FISA applications in order to get surveillance on the Trump campaign. I have a feeling that this goes on elsewhere. That you know, but with any grand jury situation the government has immense power that's why that power should not go unchecked the government has immense power to to present its case without anything on the other side when they go when they go for warrants they're just stating essentially i mean they should be stating the facts exclusively but there is always a way to spin the facts to your favor and you know that's what's seems to have happened here as far as the political conspiracy the deep state conspiracy that may not, in fact, be there. Well, I wish I could talk about more mundane things this morning, uh, but the what what happened in Jersey City is is just so astounding, 
and so troubling and something we, we, we need to be incredibly aware of. So I'm going to close with that and our need to call out anti-Semitism where we see it and people who want to harm the Jewish people, they need to be identified just like Rabbi Friedman did here in Lawrence, had that bravery. And I should have mentioned earlier is that it turns out that this guy had harassed another person at Costco and his child. And that person did not want to be identified. And, you know, we understand that. But clearly this guy was out no good. Okay, well, public service announcements, two of them. Just uh, remember the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Uh, that's the arm of the Heath's charitable arm of the uh, Nachum Siegel Network, as well as the upcoming Kosher Food and Wine Experience 2020. Uh, early bird tickets are still available. Early bird, $25 off. If you go right now to KFWE2020 and use the promo code Early Bird. And the Kosher Food and Wine Experience is coming up on Monday, February 17th at Chelsea Piers. And uh, everybody should uh, look into it. It is a great, um, on, a, on, a, on a happier note, it's a great showing of the expansion of kosher food uh, and kosher wine. Uh, that have made it to the top tier of the, um, in many cases of uh, <clears throat> of wine and culinary uh, standards. So that's it here for this week here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.